Jane Day, Centenary Development Enabler for Baptist Together. And I'm Helen Cameron, Research Fellow at the Centre for Baptist Studies at Regent's Park College in Oxford. Together, we're the co-leaders of Project Violet. Welcome to season one of the Project Violet podcast. Project Violet is a research project investigating women's experiences in ministry whilst developing women ministers. We are trying to understand better the theological, missional and structural obstacles women ministers face and identify ways forward. In this first season, we're hoping to introduce you to the history of women's ministry in the Baptist movement and look at some of the language used to discuss women's experiences. Helen and I have been working together on Project Violet since May 2021 to have become even more aware of the different layers that make up Baptist life. Yes, I've learned so much in all the listening we have done to women ministers. I think there are three layers that the project has ended up focusing on. First of all, the everyday language and behaviour we use in church life. Secondly, the accepted ways of doing things. And thirdly, what we believe about the church and role of ministers. We hope that listening to these five episodes will prepare you for when the findings of the project are released in May 2024. This is the first of four episodes where we are going to be thinking about the everyday language and behaviour we use in church life. I must admit, I'm nervous that we are just going to share a load of jargon. Mm, Yeah, that's how I used to think. But reflecting on the pandemic, we all learned a lot of new words to help us understand what was going on and make sense of what we were being asked to do. I think if our listeners are going to get the most from reading the findings of Project Violet, it's valuable to think about how language and behaviour play a part in women's experience of ministry. Well, I guess turning to the Bible, there are teachings about the power of language and the responsibilities we have as Christians. Uh, I'm thinking of James chapter three, for we all stumble in many ways. If someone does not stumble in what they say, they are a perfect individual, able to control the entire body as well. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to get them out to obey us, then we guide their entire bodies. Uh, Look at ships too. Uh, Though they are so large and driven by the harsh winds, they are steered by a tiny rudder wherever the pilot's inclination directs. So too, the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it has great pretensions. Think how small a flame sets a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. I'm really taken by that metaphor of the forest fire. I'm thinking about the disposable barbecue, which a family lights in all innocence, disposes of, but they're unaware of the spark they have left behind in the ground, which, given the right conditions, can become a wildfire. 
That sounds a bit like social media. One comment can lead to the rapid spread of a conversation which can get out of hand. Sometimes it causes damage way beyond what the first person intended. Yes, yes, I agree. In the second phase of Project Violet, we invited all serving women ministers to contribute a written reflection on the joys and sorrows of ministry. That has given us a huge resource that we've been able to use throughout the project. One of the things that struck me is how a single comment that might seem insignificant can become part of a pattern that gets out of hand and undermines a woman's ministry. I think we can create some examples of situations that get out of hand based on what we learned from that writing, which must remain confidential. Yes, and then get some friends to voice what happened so our listeners have got something specific to discuss and reflect upon. It could be a bit cheesy, but if it will give people something specific to react to. What are the words we want to introduce in this episode? Well, I think we must start with sexism. For me, this means treating women and men differently based upon stereotypes or our expectations about what the roles of men and women should be. Then I think we need to add the word misogyny, which has been used much more these days. In the past, it was used to mean hatred of women. I think that could be confusing because now its formal meaning is language and behaviour directed at women to patrol the boundary between men and women and to enforce stereotypes. And I think it needs to be paired with the word misandry, which is language and behaviour directed at men to enforce stereotypes. Yes, it is important to recognise that the definition relates to who the language and behaviour is directed at, rather than who it is coming from. Both men and women can be sexist. Both women and men can be on the receiving end of sexist language and behaviour. The most commonly term used terms you hear in relation to sexism are equality, diversity and inclusion. They're used in the I am because you are resource that all ministers have been asked to study. And most organisations have policies that define these terms. Let me start then with equality. Equality is about ensuring everybody has an equal opportunity and is not treated differently or discriminated against because of their characteristics such as gender. And diversity is about taking account of the differences between people and groups and placing a positive value on those differences. And inclusion? Inclusion is moving beyond welcoming people with diverse experiences and identities to ensuring they can participate fully. I find taking these three together gives you a rounded picture of what is needed to counteract sexism equal treatment, valuing diversity and ensuring inclusion. I guess a final word to mention in this episode is unconscious bias. I find this a helpful term because it's not finger pointing. It is saying that we all grew up with stereotypes around us and some of those we've taken on board without really examining them. 
Avoiding sexism is about becoming aware of our assumptions and setting aside those stereotypes which undermine people. Which I guess takes us back to James chapter three. None of us is perfect. We all stumble, but we can all take responsibility for our tongues and what we say. Okay, I think that's enough definitions for the moment. Shall we get started on our first scenario? Yes, we've set this in a local church because that's where most women ministers work. We've called this scenario after the sermon. The service is over and Ruth, the minister, is standing in the coffee area, available to chat to people as they leave. She's approached in turn by Harry, Thomas and Richard, who are all deacons. Goodbye then. It's been good to have you here this week. Hope we see you again soon. Thank you, Ruth. That was such a challenging sermon. I mean, in a good way. I'd never have thought about Zacchaeus being called to act justly as a result of his conversion. Thanks, Harry. That's really encouraging. It's one of my favourite Bible passages. Didn't the children respond well this morning? I love the way you involved them in the worship. A woman's maternal touch, I think. I'll see you on Wednesday. Well, it's nice to see you wearing a dress this morning, Ruth. Most of the time you're in trousers. I'd prefer it if you didn't say things about my appearance, Richard. Oh, you just need to learn to take a compliment. I'll see you at the church meeting on Wednesday. Uh, right, I think I'm ready to lock up. Oh gosh, Ruth, you look down. It's just the way people put things that I struggle with sometimes. Thanks for locking up, Harry. See you on Wednesday. Ruth decides to share her experiences with Jane. Hi Ruth, I'm sorry to hear you are struggling. What's happened? Well, I preached my socks off on Sunday morning. It matters to me that people understand that Jesus wanted our faith in him to result in justice. But then it's the things people say afterwards. Can you give me an example? Well, I know Thomas meant to be kind about my involving the children in worship, but why does he have to call me maternal? It's as if the only way a woman can relate to children is as a mother. Would he tell a male minister they were being paternal? So what would have been better, Ruth? I guess I see being minister as my professional role and I want to know what I'm doing well and what could be done differently. Is there anything else? I really dislike people making remarks about my personal appearance. It makes me wonder if they listened to a word that I said or were just evaluating how I dress. It's not just a one-off and so it makes me really self-conscious. I try to dress in a bland way, but it still happens. It was happening to Violet Hedger nearly a hundred years ago, and yet it's still happening. 
I think what I'm hearing you saying is that if people want to say something positive, you don't want personal compliments. You want affirmation of what you have done. You've expressed that really well. That's exactly what Harry did. So, Jane, how do you feel that scenario and your conversation with Ruth reflect the words we've looked at in this episode? There were two things that Ruth experienced as sexist, Thomas calling her maternal and Richard commenting on how she was dressed. Would you use the word misogyny to describe their language? I wouldn't want to use that word in the sense of hatred, but I do think they are both examples of language designed to reinforce stereotypes of women. Yes, I felt that Thomas calling Ruth maternal suggested that she was only good at working with children because she was a woman. Her skill might come from other sources and she sees it as an important skill to have developed because she's a minister. It also suggests that men can't be good with children as well, which I think is unfair. And what do you think about Richard? Well, using the phrase, you need to learn to take a compliment, felt as if he was trying to shut down her objection rather than listen to why she didn't welcome remarks about how she dressed. That felt closer to the definition of behaviour designed to patrol the boundary between the social roles of women and men. I think Ruth was telling him that his comments on her appearance were unwanted and he reacted defensively. It is as if the rudder on the boat had become stuck and the conversation could only head towards the rocks. Do you think there is a danger Ruth was overreacting? I guess in both instances, if this had been a one-off piece of behaviour, something that had never happened before, then it might seem unimportant. However, when women hear these stereotypes, it is usually another example in a pattern of experiences. It is that cumulative pattern that was wearing Ruth down. I think the thing about inclusion is that it means people can show up to church being fully themselves. If Ruth is self-conscious about how she dresses, then that is diminishing her ability to minister. And do you think these are examples of unconscious bias? We, we don't have a lot of information about their motives. I guess we can all we can say at this stage is that Ruth drew Richard's attention to unwanted behaviour and he rejected her view. She was giving him an opportunity to reflect upon his language he chose not to take it. Well, this doesn't feel like a good place to finish. Let's see if things could have gone differently. Let's run our scenario again and see what might be different. Take two, after the sermon. Goodbye then. It's been good to have you here this week. Hope we see you again soon. Thank you, Ruth. That was such a challenging sermon. I mean, in a good way. I'd never have thought about Zacchaeus being called to act justly as a result of his conversion. 
Thanks, Harry. That's really encouraging. It's one of my favourite Bible passages. Didn't the children respond well this morning? You're so good at drawing out what they're thinking. Your past experience as a school teacher really shines through. See you on Wednesday. Well, at least it's not raining. I should be able to get into the garden this afternoon. See you at the church meeting on Wednesday. Right. I'll just log up now. How would you like the chairs setting out for the church meeting on Wednesday? I think I'd like to try something different. Let's discuss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Project Violet podcast. We invite you to reflect on this episode. Did you learn anything new or surprising? How were you left feeling? The episode notes contain questions you could use in a small group to get a discussion going. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast on the platform you are using so you don't miss out on future episodes. And don't forget to tell others about the Project Violet podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and X, formerly Twitter, and find out more on our website, www.projectviolet.org.uk.